Welcome back to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. This week, Ryan Casey and I are going to be discussing the films of Richard Kelly, Donnie Darko, Southland Tales, and The Box. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. I have a, uh, a fantastic show for you this week, if I might say so. I'm very excited about this one. Really awesome conversation with Ryan about uh, Richard Kelly films. We'll get to that in just a couple minutes. I have some exciting announcements to make. First of all, and perhaps most excitingly, this Sunday, January the 22nd, uh, Jeff Salamander and I will be podcasting live at 2 p.m. on Facebook. We're doing season five of Star Trek The Next Generation. So going all the way back to the very first episode, Jeff and I have been talking season by season, episode by episode, every episode of Next Generation. Was that a good sentence? I I don't know. I got lost in that one before the end. Uh, And we're doing Sunday. We're doing it live, 2 p.m., I've never done this before. I'm very excited. So I'm just going to stream our whole discussion live on Facebook. If you want to tune in and, you know, chat with us via the chat on Facebook while we're talking live on the podcast, you can. And I would definitely love that. That'd be fantastic. We'll probably like talk about each episode and then see if anyone is 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 watching and wants to say anything. If no one's watching, that's fine. We'll just do what we normally do and release it later. If people are watching, it'll add an extra layer of complexity. That would be super fun. Jeff and I decided to do it just the two of us. I know we normally have Kayla and Tiffin along for the ride, but I've never live streamed before and I'm nervous about it. And I I wanted to have, uh, we decided to have as few variables as possible and just have two of us for this recording, uh, which is very sad because it's so fun to have all four of us, but it's also very exciting because I'm excited to try live streaming. And I feel like the best way to try live streaming is with with Jeff, because we've we've podcasted together so many times, we're really comfortable uh, talking just the two of us. I edit almost nothing out of our conversations, uh, and then when when four people are in the room, it takes it takes a lot more editing just because there's so much talking that happens. We'd never get through the whole season if we're also talking to people online. So I had to simplify. Uh, so it's just gonna be the two of us, and I hope you forgive me, everybody. But that's coming up on Sunday at two p.m. Uh, really, really pumped about it. So join us. Join us on Facebook. So if you want to join in with us and you're not one of my Facebook friends, you can find me at uh, facebook.com slash sci-fi dot Jesse Mercury. That's actually my profile page. If, uh, if, I don't know in re- if I don't know you in real life and your friend requests me, I probably will not accept. Uh, if you send me a message and tell me who you are, I probably will. So if I have no idea who you are uh, or if I don't recognize your profile picture, sorry, Ryan Williams, <laughs> that I will not, I will not, uh, I will not, I will not click friend yes friend yes what is it called confirm what's the button name that's the one uh just warning you but feel free to to subscribe because you can do that now on facebook you can just subscribe to people uh that sounds like a weird thing to ask people to do but if you want to make sure you see the the facebook live stream pop up that's that's a surefire way 
Other exciting news, I finished my song Saturn. I played you the work in progress last week. That was the the final work in progress because I ended up finishing it very shortly thereafter. The final version sounds significantly better uh, once I actually mastered it. You know, it makes such a huge difference. I'm like obsessed with mastering. I love mastering and I'd like to think that I am good at it. So if you want to hear that final master, it is uh, at my website, jessemercury.com. You can stream that song for free. Uh, I have not put it up on iTunes or anything yet. But I did put up a couple other songs on iTunes. I put up, uh, I just put up Traveler this week. Uh, speaking of Traveler, I also made a little video for Traveler. I took the Star Trek: The Next Generation episode where no, where no one has gone before, the one with the Traveler from season one, and I edited it to my song, The Traveler, and it's wonderful. I love it. Uh, just seeing, like, if you've heard that song, there's this this epic sax solo in the middle, Johnny Unicorn sax solo. It's one of my favorite things that I've ever recorded. I fucking love that part of that song. And John, I mean, John just played the most incredible shit. Um, that I, I'm just like thrilled to have on my on my song. So during that part in the video, that's when you go into the crazy hyperspace that the traveler caused when they go super super fast. So like flying through the cosmos at top speed while listening to saxophone dance song is very satisfying, and I hope you'll check it out. You can also find that at my website jessemercury.com. Okay, that's my news. That's what that's what I got for you. Uh, besides this incredible, wonderful episode that I'm now going to splash all over your face. So here's Ryan Casey and I talking about the films of Richard Kelly. Fair, fair, war- fair, fair warning. Spoiler, spoiler warning. There's many spoilers for Donnie Darko in this podcast. There are very light spoilers for the other two films, for Southland Tales and for The Box. So if you've never seen Southland Tales or The Box, uh, I feel like you can listen to this whole episode and not have uh, the experience of either of those movies uh, ruined for you. But Donnie Darko, uh, we definitely go pretty in depth. So you want to have seen that first or not care about seeing it first. Fun conversation either way, for sure. And here it is is Donnie Darko you want do you want to start the show I always start the show no I don't want to start this. it's your show it's not my show yeah. I'll start the show. should I be back it's oh, okay <laughs> oh do you want the stool no no I'm are you fine. comfortable I'm comfortable are you sure yeah you look so. tense <laughs> You look ready for action. You look like you could just leap into action. I could leap into action, and I'm not going to leap into action, but I but could. You're ready. I'm ready to. Yeah. But I hope I don't have to. You just, for a moment, you stared off in the middle distance very heroically. I hope I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the mic could pick up your staring. I think it, I think it can. It's in my voice. <laughs> you should... You should make a cowboy movie and play a, a John Wayne type Ooh, character. Yeah. <laughs> you would be great at that. Just do John Wayne, just like, <laughs> just like Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China. He just does uh, a John Wayne voice the whole time, and it's that's a great movie. That's like the best movie. It, yeah, I saw that like a year ago for the first time. I loved it. Yeah, that's another movie. That's a movie that I didn't see as a kid, but probably would have liked a lot. Yeah, I've been filling in like a lot of my movie holes recently. Things that I never saw as a kid that I should have. Yeah, you run out of them eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but... You know what I watched that like really surprised me? Yeah. Wing Commander. Yeah, I've with seen Matthew that. Lillard. With Matthew Lillard. That movie was the... great. And Freddie Prince Jr. Based on the video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I read about it. I'd never played the video games. Apparently, Mark Hamill was in the video games. 
Mark was Hamill's him. Yeah, lots of people. Yeah, there was a. It was one of the. I felt like it was one of the earlier games that had actual actors like in stars? it. For no, yeah. yeah, it was like CD-ROM era. Yeah, yeah, they could start using actual video and totally voice stuff. So. Yeah, it looked like. I looked at pictures and stuff. It looked really cool, but I never played it. But I did watch the movie on a like on a Lark one night, about, yeah, like, maybe like a two Jr. a year or two ago, and it, I Lillard. really enjoyed it. It wasn't like a good movie, but I really enjoyed it. And I just wished that I'd seen it when it came out because I feel like you had any youth to me, and I would have liked it even more because it's dumb. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I remember. I don't know if I saw. I must have seen it when it came out because I've seen it, but. I feel like there was like this weird spiritual undercurrent to it that I'm like, yeah, this is cool. I like this. I don't remember this that. This is interesting. At all. Like, like sci-fi spirituality is so interesting to me. Sure. When, when you look at what aliens would believe and stuff like that, I'm like so into it. And oh, this, what, this uh, was like future alien humans. religions. Or... Yeah, like what? What do humans believe in the future after yeah. we've expanded into space? I gotta watch sure. that movie again. I don't really remember what happened, but now that I'm talking about it, I really want to see it again. Isn't that like a stranger in a strange land? He makes his own religion. That's based on grokking I, things. I don't think I've ever read. You got that. a grok thing. <laughs> grokking is means. Is I think it, it means understanding it, but oh, it's okay. different in a way that uh, that's makes it important. I love when books or movies like make up words. Yeah, that's a grok is a famous. Interesting. Is it like Frell? If you were like a sci-fi nerd from the 70s you know you'd mm. be like you'd have like a a pin that said frodo lives and yeah have a, another pin that says i grok something i do have like, a pin that says smeg off like, that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah. yeah that you get that wins points with me i think i like that yeah my uh i i worked with this guy for a while and our like i got into red dwarf while we were working together and he Loved Red Dwarf. Yeah. And we like bonded over that and he bought me this Smegoff pin and I was so excited. <laughs> Red Dwarf got me through a, a, a dark a, a, an era of depression. Really? A, a depression moment. I wasn't doing so hot. Wow. So that... it's so it's weird now. I like watching it, but it also sort of puts me in a weird place. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, You're like, I'm just why do I feel about... like I'm clawing out of a hole while oh, I'm God. laughing at this? Yeah. It just puts me back there. That's awesome. But it though. was like that and the the young ones. I watched a lot of that while I've I was never seen that feeling sad. That's good. Yeah, when I when I was in high school I had like a really I had I had a sad period and I listened to Radiohead's Kid A every day. Oh yeah. Like the whole album. Oh would, yeah. And I actually then bought it on vinyl and I'd like lie down in bed and listen to the whole thing on vinyl. It's fucking awesome. Just over and over again. Yeah. It's yeah, still well. my favorite album ever. Like that album is so incredible but i but i don't listen to it often anymore i wonder if that's Kid why a. i wonder that's if it's one. idiotech idiotech's so cool it's a good song yeah I remember watching him play that on oh yeah saturday night Live. yeah i like downloaded that on napster and watched it over and over the video of that yeah, <laughs> yeah. napster oh, napster man. napster yeah everyone was doing the the albums albums that you went to when you went to high school what albums? oh i saw that on facebook yeah 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 yeah, yeah. did you post good. up i didn't post anything up i did yeah i had a, i had i made a couple i for because there was a, at least a year in high school where i i only listened to different they might be giants albums oh really it's pretty much interesting all i would do yeah john uh johnny unicorn is really 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 into they might be giants oh that's why i like his music i think cause... cool yeah 
I so he and I went on tour together once, and uh, I I had never listened to anything by They Might Be Giants except for maybe like that Istanbul Constantinople song. Yeah, it was in Tiny Tunes. Yeah, because I, I heard it in something. Yeah, totally. Tiny Tunes, probably or something else. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, I have a very clear memory for very specific moments in television, and that's it. Like nothing about my life. <laughs> well, that was a yeah. It was an episode of Tiny Tunes. Huh. You might have been too young. I'm, I I might have seen it. Like I watched some Tiny Tunes for sure. They were it was like MTV and they I had think... different music videos, but they were all they might be giant songs. No, I think I watched the Baby Muppets, not the Tiny Tunes. <laughs> Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies. Muppet I think babies. I watched Muppet Babies. I don't know if I watched Tiny Tunes. Tiny Tunes is like small. Warner Brothers cartoons. Oh man, so those Warner like, Brothers cartoons. They were so violent. Like I did not like those as a kid. <laughs> I was like, why is the whole premise of this that one character shoots another one in the face over and over? It makes well, me like uncomfortable. Bill just turns around backwards. Yeah. And then it's all it's like a bunch of pairings of characters who hurt each other. Yeah. Like that's that's what it is. Oh, my favorite is the uh sheepdog and the wolf one. Oh, because they yeah. clock out for lunch, and they go have lunch together. Oh, like in the middle of their fighting? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then, and then they punch back in, and they figure out where they oh, are. I remember that. I need to watch it. on each other. I need to watch it as an adult, because as a kid, it was just like, is this what the world is? But I think as an adult, I might be like, this is totally capturing the they're world. They're violent, though. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But there's, yeah, they're silly. Yeah. Like, I was, I was like watching Captain Planet, and be like, yeah. We can do it. I'm a planeteer too. Yeah, and I'm, then, like, I'm, just flipping the channel to, to Looney Tunes is like, oh man, I'm gonna trick <laughs> this guy into dying over and over. And it was a very stark contrast. Yeah, that's a, the world was a darker place back then. Or, yeah. or you know, and hopefully won't and, be again. And soon. still is. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. But, uh... <laughs> Speaking of dark places, uh, so we're nice gonna talk about transition. Wasn't that great? Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna talk about. Uh, Richard Kelly movies. We're going to talk about Donnie Darko, Southland Tales, and The Box. The Box. Which the I, Box. I've seen, but uh, I haven't seen it in a bit, but you watched it today. Yeah, I, so I saw... The, I saw I saw them in backwards order. Like that's the order he made them in. He made Donnie Darko first, and then Southland Tales, yeah. and then the box. Yep. But I, uh, when Donnie Darko came out, I just never saw it, and everyone kept telling me I was gonna love it, and I felt like I needed to be emotionally prepared for like an intense experience. Right. So then, then I never like, watched yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> then it feels like homework. And you're yeah, like, ah, totally. I don't do that. So I didn't watch it. Yeah. I, I, we just watched it. That's the first time I've ever seen it, and I definitely have things to people, say. People, that's the yeah, that's the problem with this movie is that people, some people like it. I feel like, you know, when you like something and you feel like everyone else likes it for the wrong reasons. Oh, yeah. Like, you I know? felt that way about early South Park. Right. They're like, it's uh, it's not it's not supposed to be, like, emotionally taxing or, like, I don't think the movie's even supposed to, like, fuck with your head. Am I allowed? I'm allowed to say. I don't think it's you allowed to mess with your head. head. Okay. You can say fuck, though. Mess with your mind. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that people don't remember that the movies it's very funny it's it's funny yeah. too i it's, yeah donnie darko a lot of things it struck me as like a uh, from a storytelling perspective as like someone trying to work through personal grief and like figure out a way to be okay with it sure that that's what i took from it and i really liked it like i yeah. loved this movie i was enjoying my the fuck out of myself the whole time i it's like with all Richard Kelly movies, it was hard to understand, but uh, <laughs> but I watched them in a good order because 
Uh, I watched Southland. No, I watched The Box first, when like a year after it came out, right. and I really liked it, but I had no idea what it was. It was just a random movie I saw at my parents' house. We were just flipping through like their HBO or something. It's like, oh, a movie with Frank Langell. I'm like, yeah, watch it. I love that guy. Let's watch it. It's a sci-fi movie. I'm super in. And I really liked it. And I forgot who what it was. I didn't know who made it. And then uh, we started talking about what like, you you recommended doing a podcast on Richard Kelly movies. And I looked it up and saw that it was the box that I'd seen like yeah. however long ago. I just realized that this morning. So then today I rewatched the box and I fucking loved it. It was great. But uh, so that's the first one I saw. And then Southland Tales, which makes very little sense, uh, but it's still awesome. It makes sense when you watch all of it and pay attention real good. Yeah, I need to see it no, again. No, you don't. I need it's, to see it again. It's very... It's got a lot. It's got too much going on. It's it seemed like silly. it was being nonsense on purpose, which I appreciate because I love nonsense. But like Donnie Darko of his three movies, yeah. they all have these like weird time travel elements. They all have this like intense psychological element. But Donnie Darko just was so well done and like also felt like a little bit of Spielberg and felt like a little bit of Edward Scissorhands and yeah. uh, like it made sense as a movie. Like it had a. Uh, almost made sense as a movie it had a narrative structure but it left some open ends and there's like more than one way to interpret everything and it was so good it was just like a very multi-layered movie i think all of his movies are are that but none of it like the box and southland tales have terrible reviews and then he hasn't made anything since which is so depressing yeah it is it's rough i don't know uh i i don't know if he set out to make a movies that were all going to be in that same sort of science fiction vein, and they sort of have a, the science fiction of them has a through line of, yeah, right. time travel, or time loops and like portals and, and uh, yeah, like opening these like glassy or watery portals, glassy or watery portals, yeah, or bubbly, bubbly. <laughs> Although the bubbles seem to be in, in Donnie Darko's, like, I. I like the, the one that has the finger that says, come here. <laughs> "Yeah, come here." Come yeah, here. when that happened. Like, I looked at you, I'm like, are those timelines? Like, Which they I... ended up kind of being timelines. Yeah. And I was just blown away that they represented timelines in a way that made sense visually without explaining Without it. explaining So it. cool. Yeah. Without, because they do a lot of stuff where he doesn't totally fill in the picture. And if you watch, like, the director's cut, they kind of fill in stuff a little bit more, which is... Oh, nice. really? I feel like it's... Weird. It takes away from stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But not like they don't feel it all in like that much, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's a, a, a visually stunning and yeah, and having it be like a yeah, like a period piece that is very like Spielberg esque, kind of like yeah, Stranger Things, right. everyone loves so much. I kind of one the hugest fan of. I think this movie, uh, it hits those notes, it reminds you of those movies, but then it's um, so weirdly original, I think. Yeah in uh what it's about and totally not all of it's great like some of the performances are are kind of goofy drew barrymore is okay but she like produced the movie she like helped yeah get it made it was just when she was teaching that i was like oh this is bad acting the rest of the movie she was teaching. good she's yeah acting maybe like a she teacher. maybe she was just being good that's and what I a teacher you know she was a level speaking to a class she was a, a level beyond me <laughs> as a viewer she's you know she's she, she's professional yeah. but like uh patrick swayze was great yeah yeah so good but i love that i love that stuff where it's part of it is uh yeah it's it's weird i i was just looking it up and it reminded me uh it came out the exact same time that uh, Magnolia did, which is a yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson movie. It reminds me they're very similar in a way 
their styles where it's like it's like drama but it's sort of built around little bits of like almost like sketch comedy <laughs> and there's a lot of jokes in it yeah like you know like, the smurf uh, speech was fucking epic it was uh, so funny that's, yeah smurf speech is like something you you know you're right totally a high a high school kid would say and uh but it's like uh mm-hmm. Uh, totally a thing you're like i can't wait to get that into a movie it's gonna be my hilarious smurf speech yeah but you're right it did feel like a sketch it like felt the videos like sketch and the stuff sure. with jim cunningham yeah yeah yeah. As oh the... my god those were so good the fear videos yeah holy shit that was so funny like infomercials for getting over your own fear starring patrick swayze <laughs> and he kept turning fear. around slowly oh that was so Love. funny that was so great the horse is good yeah. <laughs> like a bad special effects. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. It's similar to Magnolia. They have uh Tom Cruise's like speaker character and like, right. And right, even right, like right. Boogie Nights where you know they have all those like videos of them being interviewed about their stupid movies. It's it's like uh they had a funny idea and like I don't know, kind of built around that. But it's like a weird mix of like, like comedy and drama and like weird bits of music videos where it's like full Almost full songs, right? You know, set to music. He does right. that in Southland Tales. He goes way further. Yeah, with I it. don't think he does it in the box. No, nothing like that in the box. Yeah, yeah. Southland Tales. You've got like a straight up music video with Justin Timberlake singing yeah. the Killers. Maybe, maybe he was like, ah, people didn't like. Maybe they didn't like that part. Yeah. I love that. He, I like that stuff. He's got soul, but he's not a soldier. He's not a soldier. No. I like that part. Um, let's see if we can... Uh, you know what would be fun to try? Let's see if we can summarize these three movies. Because they're so hard. Like, I was thinking in my head, like, what's Donnie Darko about? Yeah. Let's see if we can summarize it. Because that's hard, you know? Well, this, Which is yeah. cool. Like, I, like, what's Rogue One about? It's about the, uh, right. the, the coalescing of the Rebel Alliance as they try to stop the Death Star. But yeah, know? but like, but what Donnie Darko is about is like what me and my friends would talk about when we were like yeah. 22 and stoned and like yeah totally it's like the, you know what i think like where is the line Darko? of reality and and non-reality like is what's in donnie's head like what's happening because he's on these drugs what's happening because yeah there's real things happening and he's like tapped into some sort of flux in the space-time continuum like the movie doesn't tell you which is awesome yeah i i think that well, yeah, I don't know. Do we get do we get into the theory of uh, what I think that happens in it? Or yeah, let's do I it. Don't I know. I should we should we be spoilery? I feel like this is gonna get spoilery. Donnie Darko's been out for like seventeen. I just saw it today. Years. <laughs> I avoided spoilers. I avoided spoilers for Donnie it's Darko for so 20, long. Almost a twenty year old movie. Yeah. All right, spoilers. Uh, we'll do but see, even if you watch it, yeah, all know. three of these movies, you can spoil them and. Like, it won't detract from the ex- viewing experience because they're so interesting. Yeah. And, like, just knowing... I mean, someone expl- told me once, Donnie Darko's about this kid who imagines this uh, creepy rabbit. And I'm like, what? Like, it wasn't that Harvey or something? Do you know what I'm talking about? Ryan There's Harvey. this old... Is it Harvey? Yeah, That Harvey. movie scared the shit out of me when I was, like, eight. I've never seen Harvey, but... It, yeah. It was weird. I don't remember anything about it except that I was scared. He imagines a big rabbit, I think. Yeah. He talks to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like there's so what is this movie about? Is it about a kid going through um like mental trauma? Probably. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it, but I don't think that's what's happening because no, like I, yeah. then why would the spoilers now? Like why why would the timeline reset at the end if it was just all about him, you know? Right. But I love seeing a character with uh like emotional difficulty in therapy where no one believes anything he says. 
I, I loved it so much as like the viewer where you kind of empathize with him and you see his journey and see that he's experiencing real things that other people are like shrugging off he's imagining things that turn out to be turn out to be real well if if you believe the reality of the movie or is the reality of the movie what's in his mind yeah or is this like a dream he had right before he was killed in a freak plane accident but or is it like uh the last temptation of christ which is uh one of the movies that's playing on the at the theater is it oh that's right yeah the last temptation of christ and uh and evil dead because he (laughs) i haven't seen that the last temptation of christ he uh is crucified and dies but then lives continues to live and like goes and has like a family and stuff oh then spoiler alert on last temptation of christ i got you just ruined that movie for me (laughs) jesus dies what (laughs) yeah then he come back though so is that what all those gospel songs are about is yeah. it this movie but in this in the movie he dies but then he goes and he actually lives and like has a family but then in like the modern end, day america or something uh, like where does he have a family yes the latter-day saints okay I no i i don't know where they show it in the movie i can't i can't it's been a long time it was a book that people were upset about and then it was a movie that martin scorsese made that's okay oh wow but in the movie it turns out he was still on the cross the whole time uh, and snaps back and he's like I imagined my whole life with my family and stuff I don't know how about, I, I don't know how and I feel about this temptation. I will probably never see this movie it's Willem Dafoe playing Jesus and really? Harvey Keitel playing you know uh, Judas know. so it's kind of worth it is for it just that yeah yeah I'm like it's Martin Source it's kind of stupid I have never like I'm I'm Jewish but like my both sides of my family are Jewish. Like I have no, I've never celebrated Christmas. Yeah. Like I've never gone. Well, the only time I've ever been into a church was to play trumpet for an Easter ceremony. Uh, mm-hmm. But that happened twice. Yeah. I got paid. It was great. It's like here, kid. Here's forty bucks. I'm like, oh my god, what do I do with forty dollars? I'm fucking rich from trumpet playing. It's exciting. But like I, I have like weird conflicted feelings about movies like that. Like The well, Passion of the Christ was such a yeah. big deal. Yeah. Scorsese's movies generally are very Catholic are very catholic i think so kind of yeah i don't know if i've ever seen a scorsese movie you have like what you must what have seen? i don't know he's made like 30 movies you've probably seen at least I one accidentally i'm really i'm just not drawn to things without aliens like if there's no <laughs> if there's no like time travel or sci-fi of some kind like it has to be uh, like pushed <laughs> upon me i like fantasy a lot i like su- like superhero movies yeah but those all have an element of sci-fi in them yeah. If there's not like questioning of reality going on, then I'm out. You know, I like I love questioning reality. I love that. And that's why I like Donnie Darko Mark's so much. Scorsese movie. Well, yeah, you do got to question reality. I anyway. Well, I I think that maybe so he get squished by that, squished by the engine, plane yeah, engine, squished by the engine. Well, it, it falls in his house. He's not there because Frank woke him up, and then he goes through the whole movie, right, doing things that Frank tells him to, and at the end, it sort of sets things up. In a way, I guess it seems sort of kind of just mushed together at the end, but whatever. Yeah. That he somehow maybe rips this plane engine off of his, the plane that his mom's flying in (laughs) and sends it back through a portal to his house and then to squish him. Yeah. So, and then he's back there again. I, I felt I like think, it was his choice. Yeah, to go. I, I felt like uh, like that, that conversation he has with the... That, so here's what I think happened. The, sure. con- the conversation he has with that um, 
teacher about how if you can like predict enough things in your own future, it's a way of seeing the future. Yeah. I feel like, uh, like either he went through that in his mind or he actually experienced it. Yeah. Like that. I don't, I, I don't know. I think that, that's like so up for interpretation that who am I to say? I feel like the conversation he's having is about his current reality. Totally. Where I do too. I felt like it was really happening. He's like, yeah. he's like, I know that where my path is going, I know that I'm going to like have to die. The world's going to end or whatever. Yeah. There is an end to this, but I am still sort of controlling it. Even though I'm doing things that someone else is telling me, I know that I have to do that. Yeah. In order for things to work out in the end, somehow. I, I feel like he chose to, I feel like in some way in the, I don't know why I felt this, but I felt <laughs> like he had power over the timeline at the end. Like, I, I felt like he made the decision to go back because he wanted to save his girlfriend. Like, I, it's like he, he experienced this timeline that all coalesces around Frank. And then when, when that happens and everything makes sense to him and he sees everything as it really is, like, he he goes to a different place in the time stream. Cause he's like learning how to see other people's time streams. Yeah. So he goes to another place. He doesn't sleepwalk. He dies. And then she's safe. And I, I really felt like that's what it was like. I don't know. I, for me, that's what was happening. It's like, he was saving this girl and then sacrificing himself. Like the right. world ending for him was, was like seeing this girl that he's falling for die. Yeah. Which is really sad. And then like seeing her go by at the end, like why would they spend so much time at the end holding on that girl seeing her like come by she could have yeah. just biked by but she stops and has a conversation with that kid right um when the movie's over and i for me i'm like wow you're trying to say that like he saved this girl there's two rea- yeah there's either either she doesn't know him and gets to live yeah or he gets to be with her for a little bit spend time with her or but she has to die. Yeah, and I think that he knows that though. Yeah, I, do I think too. the whole time he knows. Oh, the whole time you think he knows that? I think so. Interesting. Yeah, I think there's an awareness that he has. Uh, yeah, I, I almost as if it's like some sort of uh, like a like robber a, us, like a, a like Groundhog's Day situation. Yeah. Because, where he still makes the deci- decisions because he he still falls for her and can't stop himself yeah. from going down that path. Because he has to. Yeah, I'd have to see it again with that in mind. Uh, well, that, did, yeah. that did not occur to me. I've watched it, I've watched it a few times. I, yeah. I, yeah, and I feel like uh, the way that he's acting throughout the movie is sort of... Uh, it's, a, a, it's a fantasy of a, of a teenager to be like, yeah. I'm going to ask this girl out who's just the new girl in school. I'm going to tell this teacher who I disagree with to sh- shove it up her ass. <laughs> Literally. I'm going to tell this like self-help guru who I see right through that he's an asshole. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, flood this. Well, I don't think the flooding of the school and maybe, yeah, the, the burning of his house. I think he, yeah, he's acting uh, almost like a hero with this confidence because he knows what's going to happen and he knows he can and he knows that it's uh it's a world that's going to reset itself interesting yeah i felt like i felt like he was getting uh like different versions of reality that he could choose between oh yeah like uh i think that like seeing himself go down the path towards violence cuz he ends up killing frank 
Yeah. And like that's something that's gonna like rip your soul in half, you know, like killing someone, I would assume. Right. I have not yet killed someone, but you yeah. know. Maybe someday. We'll see. <laughs> uh so like I was watching the show Colony that I really, really like, and they, they have these characters who are um like fighting against this totalitarian regime that uh, has mysteriously taken over the planet. Sure. Uh, it's a really, really good show. But you have characters like a, a housewife who's learning how to kill people, basically, and like the like dealing with seeing someone shot in front of her for the first time. Yeah. And this the show really like demonstrates to you the trauma of that in in a very compelling way. Yeah. And then how you have to harden yourself to that if you want to get something done inside of the resistance. Fuck, it's a good show. But That's yeah, I was thinking about that when uh, when donnie shot frank in the movie i'm like um because he basically goes on this like kind of violent trend towards killing someone like his actions are getting more and more violent like burning down the house uh like uh standing up to his teacher like violent in a way that is not necessarily um like violent in a way that's like like just a teenager being a teenager right Uh, but then he ends up like shooting someone because out of vengeance in the end and I wonder if he part of like what he, when he's laughing at the end, it's like uh, he knows he's about to die. He knows where he is and what's happening, but he chose his own death over his own like descent into uh, into murder. Well, he did murder him, so he did go down the fire. I don't, I don't you, think he murders him out of you. Know, but 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 did that actually happen? Like. I if he resets so. the timeline, I, does I, that still happen? I think it's a weird thing where he's not being violent. He's setting up this, like, living Rube Goldberg machine. Interesting. That will send the engine back. Because he Interesting. burns the house down so that that guy gets arrested. Uh-huh. So that... Oh, she can't shit. go. I see what you're saying. So that his so that his mom that has to go airplane. Yeah, and I don't know if that's what let, makes him able to like take the air jet engine off of the airplane because his mom's on the plane. Yeah, maybe but he was at like a nexus in different quantum realities, and he had to pick one. And yeah, and maybe he needs Frank, so Frank has to die, so that his weird revenge ghost can be his weird can guide him i don't know interesting interesting i thought that i thought that the revenge ghost was an echo backwards in time of a traumatic event like it was so traumatic that it was like going back into his own timeline uh which is something that i read in something some cool sci-fi story or some movie or something i don't remember but it was such a cool idea that like it was very much in my mind while i was watching this it's yeah i love the kind of movie where like you and i apparently have very different takes on what's happening sure but we but because of like what the movie actually presents either of us is both of us are right like we can both back up our like ideas with stuff in the movie it's really cool he would say that i think the the filmmaker himself would makes it like that i think he was there is no right answer necessarily i don't know maybe yeah yeah of his three movies that's present in all three of them i'd say uh the more so in southland tales like a moderate amount in donnie darko and there's like a couple of key points in the box that could be one thing or another okay that uh it's like there's there's fewer of those questions in the box, but then they're explored a little more in depth. Yeah, which I thought was super cool. I loved the box. Yeah, 
The box is neat. It's I, a weird movie. I know. Um, I hate that they did so poorly that he yeah. doesn't get to just keep doing stuff. Or maybe he, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. But yeah, but I like, but that's the thing is I like, I like your take on that. Cause I think it could be, maybe it could be just a, a kid who had delusions and ended up shooting a kid because he thought it, it was going to save some timeline. Maybe nothing yeah. happens at the end at all. Yeah. Nobody does. You see it. You see everything. You see him. Yeah. You see him go back. There's like three or four things that I was thinking during the movie that could have been happening. And there was still three or four when the movie was over. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, okay. So, let's, well, let's talk about Southland, Southland Tales. Tales. Yeah. So what, what is Southland Tales about? Uh, this, I can't, I can't even answer this after having just seen it once. I think it's, yeah, there's like a, uh, there was a, a nuclear bomb had gone off or something at some point. So there's like a government sort of a, a little more in control. There's like, you know, there's the whole setup about, you know, uh, you can't go between states. It's 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 like a near it's like a near future dystopia. Yeah, it's not like post apocalyptic. It's definitely like a dystopia. Yeah, like there was like some a... sort of apocalyptic event, but it well that's that can't be true because there's still a society. There's some sort of massive event. It's pre apocalypse. It's an apocalypse <laughs> film. It's that, it was what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's totally. supposed to, I think, be the end of the world. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's also it's it's weird. It's like there's a, a there's a perpetual motion machine that will create infinite energy, but that's messing uh, with the tides, which is messing with people's brain chemistry, which is making everyone act weird. And I, didn't then, even, I didn't even, I don't even remember that. Right. Uh, and then <laughs> the, the Rock is like <laughs> a movie star who, uh, for some reason, they send into this time portal that was probably oh, created right, right, right. also by this infinite uh, energy, uh, perpetual motion machine that's a source of infinite energy. And something happens where <laughs> one of him dies, but the he also goes in with Sean William Scott, who's and a cop. And it makes like two of both so of them. So then there's two of them. Yeah. And so... <laughs> and then like Sean William Scott's character is like half of a mind... It seems like until they meet, he's like less, yeah. like more and more coherent as and he gets closer thing to meeting where, himself. Yeah, he is uh, dealing with a, a trauma of a, like PTSD because he's right. a, like a soldier. Right. And yeah, like getting getting over fear, fear holding you back from doing things is a very, yeah. very like prevalent theme in both of these. And movies. he also, if you remember the end of that. Uh, they're facing each other. Right, and like He's floating been in shot the van. In the oh, eye. In the eye, that's His right. eye's bleeding, just like just Frank like the Bunny. Frank. Yeah. With Donnie Darko's face. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I want to learn more about this guy. And then they touch Richard hands. Kelly. And it makes like the universe collapse or something. Did it save the universe or destroy the universe? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> they blow up that ship. I know he blows oh, up yeah. that big... Uh, the Zeppelin. The Zeppelin. Yeah, that movie was really confusing, and Sarah Michelle yeah, Gellar was in it. It's hella confusing. It is so weird. Yeah. I love it though. It I got I gotta a, watch it again. It's a glorious mess. It was like episodes four, five, and six but because uh, yeah. episodes one, two, and three were comic books that were released that Richard Morgan, Richard Morgan, Richard Kelly also <laughs> also wrote. 
Uh, yeah, but that doesn't help any. It really doesn't. It doesn't answer any questions. And Kevin Smith plays that, like, uh, that dude with the long yeah. white hair. It's like a, it's like Terry Gilliam movies. I don't know if you like Terry Gilliam. Like yeah, like Brazil. Brazil. And, I love Brazil. Yeah. And the uh, 12 Monkeys. Those movies, there's no right answer about what had happened. I, I looked up uh, the box on Wikipedia and was reading a little bit about Richard Kelly. And it said that Brazil in particular was one of his biggest influences. Oh, that he yeah. saw Brazil and was like, oh, I'm going to make movies. Well, that's that's why it's tough for me. Because I, I, I love Donnie Darko a lot. And it's be, kind of because... I I also I'm a lot like Richard Kelly's from like where I grew up like really specifically he like w- would have gone to my high school we were like a few he's older than me by like a uh, five years or so uh-huh but that's it like Grandma Death was a real lady who <laughs> I I didn't know that they called her Grandma Death but her house was down the street from my house like really my neighborhood my little subdivision like, oh wow you know like a quarter mile down the street was this old house where a lady lived by herself and it was kind of run down looking and my sister's friend down the street her mom would go and like uh help hang out take care of her and stuff wow. and they called her grandma death and that's where he gets it from no way that's and cool they call it middlesex but it's midlothian virginia it was like where he he went to Midlothian High School. In this, it's like a private school because there were private schools like around there. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's all kinds of stuff. It, it it's Richmond, so it looks like, and he did a pretty good job. Like it, there are things in it that make it look like where I grew up, essentially. And like cool. that house, kind of, you know, it doesn't look exactly like it, but it reminds me enough of it. So like, so yeah, it's, it's like this, watching a fairy tale take place in your own block. Yeah. That's it's super cool. And, and it's like a throwback, like a sort of nostalgia. Right. Like it's set in like 89, but you know, I lived there. We moved there in 1990 and I lived there till wow. I was, you know, 25. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's uh, That's super cool. So like right at the age of nostalgia that they're trying to represent. So this movie really kind of bugged me out because I was like, fuck, this is like right down my alley because I love Brazil and Terry Gilliam stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, it's like takes place where I grew up. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Like I didn't have a big house like that, but like friends of mine, they all had big houses like that, kind of. And mm-hmm. my friend went to one of the private schools, and there's a real twisty road called Old Gun Road, and that's like the twisty road that the car's driving down. When oh, he... cool. Yeah. It's so, weird. did you follow Richard Kelly's career because of that? Were you like interested in him as a filmmaker my based mom, off of this? I, before it even came out, my mom was like, "Hey, I I met this couple, and their, uh, you know, their sons goes to he went to film school in California, <laughs> and he's making a movie with Drew Barrymore." I was like, "Wow, Whatever, shut up!" Oh, that's so funny. Shut up, mom. She's like, "That's it, such a funny description of Donnie Darko." Yeah, it's, it's called Donnie Darko, and Drew it's Barrymore. about a superhero or something. <laughs> And I was like, that sounds dumb. Yeah. And so I didn't see it when it came out. Oh, no way. Because I was like, whatever. That's funny. But uh, but it's yeah, like this she, intense she went... like art film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, his parents are, uh, the characters from the box are um, supposed to be his parents. And the box takes place in Richmond. They actually oh. have scenes of the shots of the city where they CGI'd it to look like a 
the seventies. Oh yeah, skyline. They, they're like next to Langley because they talk about yeah, like the yeah. FBI stuff. It's supposed to be his parents, essentially. Interesting. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so interesting. So the premise of the box fascinated me. Apparently, it was it was based off of a uh, what's his name? Um, Is it like a Twilight Zone? It was based off of a short story. Okay. Written by the guy. Uh, he did some. Is Twilight it Richard zones. Morgan who I wrote "I Am Legend"? Um, yeah, I actually said Richard Morgan earlier, and then I'm like, wait, who's Richard no, Morgan? I don't but I think that's who Richard Morgan is. I think he's. I've heard he of wrote. I Am Legend. Yeah, I know that. I read I Am Legend. It was it was good. I, it wasn't like it wasn't earth shattering like I ex- expected it to be from the reviews, but I liked it a lot. But uh, so he wrote this short story. I've got to, I've got, I'm, I've got to look up if Richard Morgan is the right name. Um, he wrote this short story that was adapted into a Twilight Zone episode. I haven't seen the Twilight Zone episode, but like it's uh this guy. It's this guy who goes door to door basically and brings a box with him. Yeah. Uh, and like leaves the box on your doorstep. Oh, so that was the Twilight Zone episode. I think so. I think okay. the the box premise. Yeah. Which is like the first good chunk of the movie, which is like this guy brings you a box and then you have the option to do nothing with it and then nothing will happen, or you can uh, open up the glass dome on top, press the button on the box, yeah. and uh, two things will happen at that point. You will get a million dollars cash, and some random person will die, and you don't know who it will, right. who it's going to be, you, and there's no way for you to find out, um, which is like a really interesting premise, but yeah. I mean, and a very Twilight Zonian premise. Oh, totally. Yeah, but like what the movie ends up being about is that, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, humanity is being tested right. through this oh, yeah. box experiment, and uh, Frank Langella's character is is more than he appears to be. And the movie gets so interesting. Yeah. It gets so interesting. Like, it's very weird and unsettling all the way through. But then these things start to happen that are, like, uh, very, very bizarre. Yeah. Um, like, seemingly more bizarre than the world was setting you up for, which is part of what I loved about it. Uh, and now that I've seen other Richard Kelly movies, I feel like this movie was tame <laughs> in comparison. But, <laughs> but maybe that's... Maybe that's good. Maybe it's maybe like, that's yeah, good. Maybe yeah, like, uh... yeah, totally. He's like harnessing these cool things that he does <laughs> and making like a really compelling story out of it. Because Southland and... Tales is a little blown out. Yeah, proportion. I love it. It's a it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful mess. Oh man, Richard Morgan is not who I meant. Richard Morgan's the guy who wrote Altered Carbon. I know that. Okay. Uh, wait, what's his... Richard Matheson? Yeah, that's Richard Matheson. Right. That's his name. Yeah. I'm gonna do some weird editing to get Richard Morgan out of there. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Uh, because Richard I, Matheson, it'll be really confusing. <laughs> um, I have this weird fear of getting things wrong on the podcast. Yeah, I forgot about them testing. Yeah, so they like humanity. Testing, yeah, and that, I'll stop there because like I, I think people should just go watch the movie. I don't. I think it's a, one of those movies that not a lot of people. Let's have not seen. spoil that one. Yeah, so everyone's seen Donnie Darko already. Yeah, I feel like that's fair game. Donnie Darko got into the collective consciousness, and none of these other movies did. Do you think that's frustrating as a as a filmmaker to yeah. have made like a big hit and then have two follow ups not go anywhere? Yeah, when the follow ups are good movies. I mean, the box. I, I like Southland Tales. I loved the box. box I like. Yeah. I think the box was uh, close to being as good as Donnie Darko. But Fair enough. but Donnie Darko obviously to I, I think was the best made film of the three. Um, yeah, he and that's like to nail your your first movie like pretty well it's a yeah. pretty good movie so i think and that to have it, had... and it and it kind of was i don't know i don't know how, how 
you know, how well it was received right away or if it kind of became a cult classic. A cult classic. I'm not sure. I don't know either. It was a pretty small release. I don't think it was yeah. like any kind of big hit. I think it got like one, did it like win awards at film festivals or something? No. Well, let's find know. out. Yeah. That's what the internets are for. Yeah. Because, uh, do you want to know something? I don't know if it was. Now you can. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was. What do celebrities know? Because it they came know out the same Let's time Magnolia out. came out, and everyone yeah. was too excited about Magnolia. And Paul Thomas Anderson went out and he threw uh, rubber frogs all over people's cars in Los Angeles. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Oh, I love Magnolia, dude. That movie was so good. And he had commercials for it that were just the the Frank T J Mackey. Uh, infomercials and you could call <laughs> you could call the number and there was like a recording of his voice they did that was, for being john malkovich yeah they did stuff like that like they made commercials for um for like swapping your consciousness into someone else's body uh, and oh, that's for, like uh, eternal sunshine uh for uh oh. Oh, they, i think they might have done it for eternal sunshine, and, eternal sunshine. So it was spike jones wrote both of those yeah also yeah. had uh were there uh, because I, I, I just saw it. We went oh, to go see that uh, ad to like erase your memory. We went to go see movie real Central Cinema, and they have uh, commercial, regular cable commercial style commercial with uh-huh. Tom Wilkinson talking about the. Uh, That's awesome. The sun, whatever. Yeah, because that the was company that was. was in the movie too. Uh, yeah, that was a great movie. I feel like this. I feel like Richard Kelly is like right in there with this like group of like you know like Spike, Spike Jones. Jones, yeah, and uh, and. Uh, P.T. Anderson yeah. and uh, Wes Anderson and like Richard Kelly's just like, come on, guys. I made Donnie Darko. He's like, yeah, didn't quite. Maybe I even, mean, he made it. Like, maybe these movies Shyamalan are awesome. too. Would you put Shyamalan yeah. in that? Like, I, well, but there's something similar time wise, not yeah. like style wise, because I feel like we got That's, a lot yes, of time wise. We got like a bunch of directors in like the late 90s, early 2000s that uh, have been making like similar movies ever since then. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like the guys who are supposed to be visionaries, you know, like when you first hear about all these directors, like here's these new this new visionary, the new visionary who made the directors. sixth sense, you know, yeah, like and, big directors, yeah. And yeah. now people are like shitting on on uh, M Night Shyamalan without even seeing his movies, like oh that movie's terrible. Well, he became kind of a he made a lot of movies, but some of them were dumb and people didn't like them, and yeah. it kind of became a. I have a theory about this, and but I, those I, are those are more interesting than so many crap movies that thank you made. that's exactly what i was gonna say like they are thank and you it's yes. just in the way that totally. these are it's like absolutely yeah like a bad richard kelly movie is better than 90 percent of what's coming out yeah and like more interesting to watch so yeah so here's my theory is that people are fucking greedy and we have these great filmmakers that are making things that are not exactly like what you want right and then you just write off the filmmaker because you're like that's stupid yeah uh, but it's just because you're disappointed because you expected to be blown away like you were with, the first with Donnie Darko. Yeah. yeah. So I like I'm glad I watched them in this order for sure because I didn't experience that at all. Right. And I saw three like good movies from uh like a filmmaker who's growing into something great, you know? And yes, he nailed it with Donnie Darko, but if you give him time and you give him budgets, like what would what would Richard Kelly make? I don't know. You know, in ten years if he had been like if he continues to make movies. And he hasn't made one since like two thousand nine, right? Which is such a bummer. Is that when the box was 2009? I think so. It, that's not that long ago, really. 
That's true. I mean, movie movies take like unless three you're to like, four years to yeah. make. Um, but you if know. you're gone this long, people, it, our society is like, if you're gone for six <laughs> years, you're you might as well be dead. Filmmakers, you know? I I feel like kind of almost are, are somewhat immune to that. There's, they, Do you think so? Yeah, I don't know. Them and authors, I feel like they're like yeah, authors. I would say they're are like immune. this guy who wrote that one book twenty years ago, new book he hadn't written, and that's like a big deal. And like yeah. if a filmmaker is something like uh, who like is it Terrence Malick or somebody who made like Thin Red Line? That was like a he hadn't made a movie for twenty years, or you know, like uh, uh, Mad Max, where like that guy oh, made right. Mad Max, and then he made then Happy Feet. Uh, which is the Eastwick, which is a good film, and then like Happy Feet, yeah, and then but had been trying to make m- another Mad Max, yeah, for like for a twenty years or whatever. Yeah, totally. He had to get his Happy Feet money so he could make Mad Max. Yeah. First of all, Papa Smurf didn't create Smurfette. Gargamel did. She was sent in as Gargamel's evil spy with the intention of destroying the Smurf village. But the overwhelming goodness of the Smurf way of life transformed her. And as for the whole gangbang scenario, <laughs> I, it just couldn't happen. Smurfs are asexual. They, they don't even have reproductive organs under those little white pants. This was so illogical, you know, about being a Smurf. You know, what's the point of living if you don't have a dick? That actually reminds me, there's a couple moments in all of Richard Kelly's movies, well, maybe not Southland Tales, uh, that are like really truly frightening, you know. Like in Donnie Darko, the first time you see Frank, I was like really creeped out. Yeah, I had a unsettling. massive case of the heebie-jeebies when that happened. Yeah, I was like, I, I mean, we're like sitting here watching it together, and we're like grown men, and yeah. I was like, I was like, oh god, I was like making noise, like, I was trying, not okay. Yeah, that I was is... like trying to hold myself together because I'm like, <laughs> that is cr- creepy. It was really creepy. It really creeped me out. And then in the box, there's this moment where Cameron Diaz is talking on the phone to Frank Langella, yeah. and she's like, "How do you know what I look like?" And he says, "Because I'm standing in your backyard." And she uh... she looks over in the backyard, and it's a dude you've never seen before looking at her with the scariest face you've yeah. ever seen. Oh, I remember that. Oh my god! And he just they just like lock eyes, and he holds her gaze as he slowly walks around the house, and it's terrifying. Yeah, it's so scary. I that. And it it should be funny, you know, like it should be stupid because it's like he's making the dumbest face. Yeah, but it's just fucking scary, yeah. you know. And that's like. That's a good director. Like a, good, he, a, a director made that moment happen. He can be subtly terrifying and subtly very funny, uh, and that I think is is a is is skill. Yeah. Oh, totally. And it's so cool. Yeah, I'm, and I'm frustrated that that he's not made another movie since then. And I I worry that it's like the way his movies have been received is stopping him from wanting to. I hope not, but yeah, that that sucks because they're they they are really good and like. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe he can't get the funding anymore, or something. Shoot, I don't know. I, you know what? So, I, so I follow Kevin Smith, and then I, this caught my eye because could be. I uh, mean, Kevin Smith somehow it still makes movies. So yeah, totally. That's the thing is like Kevin Smith has this giant <laughs> podcasting empire. So when yeah. he wants to make a movie, when he wants to crowdfund something, like there's there's people there for him, and he makes money off of the podcasting. And I think he and makes that's cool. Like he can finance his own shit now. Yeah. Uh, and so he just keeps making movies. So I think a lot of times it just comes down to money. And he was in uh, Southland Tales. So he knows Richard Kelly, like they're friends. Yeah. And Kevin Smith, ha- I read this quote and it really stuck with me because I, 
get excited when I see Kevin Smith quotes randomly out on the internet. Yeah. And uh, he was talking about how um, like Richard Kelly's, he, he is like our next great visionary director in, in like a way that is frustrating because he's not getting to make the movies, you know? Uh-huh. And that if he like wanted to crowdsource something or something like that, like he could probably get the funding to do it. I'm sure I got that quote 100% wrong now that I'm done talking. But no, that sounds... I hope so. And I would hope that maybe it's just a matter of time. Yeah. I got the impression that Kevin Smith felt like he wasn't going to do it. And I like felt like uh, Kevin Smith was saying it's a big shame he's not making more movies. But like the, he, like the system if... wasn't set up for someone like this. Yeah. And he's not you know, taking advantage it of it. It's hard. You, you know, yeah. that, you know, Terry Gilliam, who's amazing, has struggled to make films. Yeah. You know, which is crazy. Like you think about that. And it's like, it's upsetting. Yeah. People like that should be. Cause sometimes they make a bad supported. movie, you know? Yeah. To- you, and they need or to be allowed to make a bad a, movie. A budget that's too huge and they, they lose money. I mean, yeah, but there's his, a big, there's a big the difference. Adventures of, uh, uh, Baron Munchausen was, uh, was like one of the biggest, one of the biggest Financial flops of all time, yeah, totally. For a long time, I think. Yeah, I think that had a lot to do. Wait, no, I'm, is that the one with Heath Ledger? I'm thinking of a different one. No, that's oh, the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. Wasn't yeah. that also like a financial failure? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think he. I think it happens. Yeah, I don't know. And Terry Gilliam is like brilliant. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like he's got this incredible vision. Like to make something like that come to life is got to be so hard, you know. And I yeah. feel like Richard Kelly's got it too. Like I feel like he has some really powerful visions as a filmmaker that he's trying to make come to life, and he's like succeeded a lot. And I mean, he's failed a couple times also, and most of those failures are probably I don't know, maybe in Southland Tales. Uh, but I, I. But it's not that they're. <laughs> but he's. But it's like it's not like he's failing at making a film. It's like he's failing at trying something new and interesting. And then some of the other things he tried that were new and interesting in that movie, like, really succeeded. So when it was over, I'm like, that, I liked that movie because it, like, tried shit and... Because I don't, yeah, I don't feel like he is trying to recreate what worked in Donnie Darko. Yeah, I mean, totally. Southland Tales was so out there, but then even, even uh, the box is, it's a little closer to Donnie Darko in that it's sort of like a low-key period sci-fi piece yeah it's followable yeah where like i i i need to see southland tales again because i straight i honestly like didn't quite follow it like yeah, we, we smoked I, a good amount of weed and i was having a hard time figuring out what was happening <laughs> i've watched it a few quite a few times and uh i'm still trying to suss it out yeah and i don't think there's you know it's I've, just yeah it's kind of fun it's kind of it's bombastic it's yeah it's out of it's uh it's an overblown story, but it's uh, it's full of a lot of interesting ideas. Yeah, totally. And there's more and more as the movie goes along. That movie gets more and more satisfying towards the end. Yeah. Uh, so by the end of and Southland Tales, I really like it. But I was frustrated during the first half because I didn't have enough to grab onto in the story yet to yeah. know what was happening. So that's something that's like a second time viewing is probably going to be way more... Uh, uh, way more satisfying than a first time viewing. And I, I'm wondering if maybe that's why the movie didn't do well, because it's not satisfying the whole way through and people are greedy and they just want something satisfying the whole way through. Yeah. Cause Donnie Darko was satisfying the whole way through. Yeah. It was like interesting and uh, like captivating the whole way through. 
even if you couldn't quite figure out what was you were supposed to think was happening, yeah, it was still uh, interesting and and had it had an yeah. ending. It ended, and, yeah, totally. And you know what captured and you're me? Like, what the what was that? I think the reason that it captured me more is because I felt um, I felt like they spent a minute telling you who the people were that are in the story first. Yeah, it's like this is Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko has some emotional difficulty that he's seeing a therapist for, you know, it would yeah. be interesting to see, like, he's an interesting person. It would be interesting to see what happens to him if something interesting were to happen. Word. And then like when, <laughs> when the interesting <laughs> shit starts to happen, I'm like, Oh my God, this is more interesting because I'm curious how he's going to react to it because he uh, has a very interesting point of view and specific point of view as a character. Yeah. Uh, and then when you don't know that yet and you're just watching a situation, like the being of Southland Tales, it's, you don't know just anybody. You you're just watching a situation. You're just watching. Yeah. So you don't start to it get a sense for characters until the end. Yeah. And for me, like I don't latch onto it as much because of that. Yeah. But then I want to go back and watch it again and see if all of that is there and maybe get a really satisfying experience. I don't know. I mean, it is, you start, you go back and you, you get tickled kind of, yeah. you're like, Oh, you know, um, I can see that the rocks goofy in this part. And like, I know John Lovitz is going to come in and like murder some people. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, and it's uh, going to be awesome. What's the guy? Murder. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And it's got, it's got so many people in it. It's got, uh, 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 was it uh Wallace Sean? Oh yeah, Wallace Sean. And uh, is it Shaw or Sean? Wallace Sean. Wallace Sean. And uh, Grand Negus Zach. God. And uh, Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Just a Lambert. little bit, little bit pieces. And yeah. All, yeah, it's and it's it's a lot of it's hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was super interesting, and I'm like. I could see when I was watching it why people wouldn't like it, but then I was getting angry at yes, people. Yes, that's who... the thing. It's <laughs> while you're watching it, you you while you're enjoying, I am enjoying parts of it. I'm also like, this is also difficult. <laughs> yeah, and but but I feel like I feel like that's it's purposefully that way, and like you gotta look at something as a whole, you know. And I I feel like maybe people didn't. I mean, I'm guilty of this with the new Dumb and Dumber sequel, but maybe people didn't like watch the whole thing or didn't uh, like look at it as a as a whole film yeah, or something and by judging thing. it on individual parts. How do you sell it? You know, yeah, he, like uh, adaptation. Adaptation is another example of this. Have yeah. you seen that movie? Oh yeah, yeah. I fucking love that movie, and that's one where like some people didn't get the turn. They didn't understand what happened at the turn in the movie. Who um, didn't? Does that who didn't like that movie? I don't know. I I met someone who. I don't remember who it was like when oh. it came out because I loved being John Malkovich. It, it's one of my like all time favorite movies. And for a long time, if you asked me what's your yeah. favorite movie, I might have said being John That's Malkovich. That's pretty good. I yeah. would take adaptation. I think almost. Over. Oh, really? Yeah. I loved adaptation, it's but so good. like adaptation is like two movies in one on purpose in a way that's like, yeah, so fucking cool, like so great and unique and original. And and I uh, loved it. But then I've like talked to friends at school that like the ending was so stupid. It just got dumb. And I'm like, oh, my God, you didn't get it. And I got yeah, like really upset. Just, you know? aw, that's just they just don't get it. But I feel like there's a lot that's of that. Okay. I mean, it's just smart. I, I feel like there's a lot of people that didn't get that movie. And like, there's a lot rated of things that poorly. I don't get, you know, Wait, that are books see. that I don't understand or movies that I, uh, maybe I don't get. But, you know. I want to check the adaptation I'm, ratings. I'm smart enough. I can get, I get what's happening in adaptation <laughs> and I can kind of follow Southland tales. 
Yeah. Adaptation. Oh wow, it's got really good reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety-one percent on huge, Rotten Tomatoes. That's that was great. Awesome. Ninety-one percent critics, eighty-five percent audience. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's really good high. Rating. It's, it's really, really high. high. Yeah. Because it's so too maybe funny. it was just some Nicholas people Cage, that I one met. of his best. Yeah, it's that one person that didn't like it. Yeah, I met it. I met like a couple people that didn't like it. Because because they didn't get it. And when you're in high school, it's like a couple people didn't like it. That it means be, that it must be it must be everybody. A couple people out of everyone everywhere. So most people <laughs> don't like it. I don't know why. I extrapolated from like two people that the movie had a bad reputation, but it apparently does not. That's yeah. great. That's a relief. Yeah, I can stop complaining. <laughs> the but movie, still, in the end, it turns into the the script that his brother was writing. Yeah, totally. It's all the things that spoilers. he spoilers. All the things he said he wouldn't do. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta watch that movie again. I love that so much. Let's see what these what Richard Kelly movies are rated at. Oh no! The box good. is forty five on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, forty seven on Metacritic. Oosh. Southland Tales is thirty six on Rotten Tomatoes oh. and forty four on Metacritic. Damn, it's bad. And what's the other one called? Donnie Darko. The reviews are bad. The movies are. Have yeah, Donnie Darko, eighty six on Rotten Tomatoes. Value, value. Yeah, and seventy one on Movie Phone. Why Movie Phone? Why'd you change Google? Why you gotta be like that? I hate saying okay, Google. It's like the stupidest. Shut up, phone. <laughs> it's like the stupidest way to say computer. I said shut up, phone. Okay, Google. It's searched for stupidest shut up phone. And now there's a video on YouTube. Shut up, you stupid phone. Well, now we have to find out what that is. It was fate that led us to this. It's 30 seconds long. It's a dog who picked up the phone. This is the worst. I'm stopping early. That could have been great, but it was awful. That's the problem with YouTube. It was supposed to be stupid, right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it gets good in the last 10 seconds, but I lost interest in the first 20. See, now I'm guilty of, of what I've been talking about. Like, if something doesn't catch your attention, you, you assume it's bad. Sometimes that's okay. Sometimes you don't have time to look at everything. Yeah, I don't know. I don't need to look at a 30-second video of a dog on the internet, of a, of a claymation dog saying, picking up the phone. Hey. <laughs> yeah Hi. yeah if you push the button two things will happen first someone somewhere in the world whom you don't know will die second you will receive a payment of one million I'm really interested with this idea of directors coming up through music videos because, like, it happened to uh, Spike Jones and to uh, Michelle Gondry, like some really visionary directors that made some really visionary music videos, uh, then then getting like big budget cinema to do. I think, I think that's, that's like uh, super interesting. Super I think that's cool. like, uh, been a common thing for yeah for for like, a long time. for like the MTV generation. It's a new thing for the MTV generation. I think. Obviously, because there were no music videos before that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that and commercials, you know. Yeah, yeah, people would come up through commercials. It's where, you know, unless you just 
Unless you're Richard Kelly and you come out of, I don't know if, if he did commercials or anything beforehand, but it seems like sometimes people just make a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which and is cool, but uh, it makes sense to practice making uh, music videos. It's like a tiny, totally. a tiny movie. Yeah. And it's interesting, like being a visionary director also, because to me, that just means that like someone who has a distinct vision for what something should be and is able to make it happen because, like, pulling something out of your head and into the real world is really hard. And to me, that's, like, a visionary achievement. Well, I would hope any director would be... you got to have, have, be able to visualize. No, you, yeah. have, to, you have to be a... But to, like... A, well, I think for, To for, make something that's truly kind of new and different. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think that, totally. I, I feel like that's when I think of, like, a visionary director. Where you're like, I haven't seen anything like that before yeah like they they created something in their own mind and then and then made it real totally and i think there's a lot of directors out there that are just good like people wranglers uh and like good people 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 you know like where you can just get like you can make a quick decision and get the point across and it's uh i get the i get the impression from listening to jerry bruckheimer talk that uh is he the one who produced pirates of the caribbean i think so i think so I what I, I really liked this is weird. I really liked the second Pirates it? movie. I, don't know. I think he produced it. Probably. So he's not Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. It was I think I listened to him on Nerdist or something. Um or read an interview or something like that where he was talking about getting these movies made and to him it's just like this seems like it would be a fun type of movie. Uh I'm going to put these people together and give them this amount of money and get this creative person and like he doesn't really necessarily have a vision. No. For anything, but he's just good at putting people together and getting them to make a thing. Yeah. Which is, like, a valuable tool, but it shows when you look at, like, Jerry Bruckheimer films, because he has this reputation for making, like, garbage. Right. But some of the movies that he produces are, I think, actually really good. Yes, some of them are terrible, but they all tend to make a lot of money. Uh, They all tend to be, like, people-pleasing in a way that that visionary directors' movies might not be, which is really interesting. Yeah, you can have a guy who's sitting there coming up in a vacuum with like what film would i make if i wanted if i could make a film and right. that's the movie he makes right that doesn't mean it's gonna be any better than like someone being like hey make a movie about this yeah wouldn't it be fun if we made a movie about a pirate sure yes it would what's the most fun version of that possible but doesn't, here okay yeah. but here's the thing about that is that i think that that is what the new star wars movies are like rogue one was to, to me, it looked like a movie where people just said, hey, what would be the best version of a Star Wars movie you could make outside of canon? And that's what they came up with. Yeah. But it seemed like a, a work of art to me also. I think like you can... Because it is. Yeah, those totally. Are still artists working on it. Totally. Like just in the same way that like Jerry Bruckheimer might put together artists and make a great movie. You know, you know, I mean, the most commercial thing possible doesn't mean it's not... That it can't be great art. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree with that for sure. And that art can't be fun and yeah. commercial at the same time it's all totally yeah yeah like i loved i i liked the first pirates movie but the second one i just loved and i don't know why <laughs> i know it's a bad movie i know no, like the tentacle face thing good. uh that like, one was cool uh, bill nighy is, bill Nighy, is yeah. with the tentacle face i i really hated the third one but i loved the second one i just thought it was so fun you, got a you know new one coming out I don't know. I stopped watching after the third one because the third one was bad. I don't remember. They yeah. just did so many things happened, and I didn't give a shit about any of it. I felt the same way about Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 2 was fucking brilliant. Spider-Man 3 was like, yeah. this, too much is happening, and too I don't care. And fucking stupid, bad Peter Parker with his like goth hair. I did not uh, like that. They'll that never bad. live that down. No. It's anyway. It's be funny. Sam Raimi. Yeah. 
God we should we him. should we should like I love watching all of the director's movies and then talking about it. This is fucking fun. We should do this again. The directors. The directors. We should do a series. Yeah, let's do a series. All right. I I do. I've been starting to do series recently with with people. Yeah. If you want to do a director series, high five. High I'm five in. it. Yeah, I got nothing going on. Sweet. After this. Let's. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna leave soon because it's late. But okay, I was thinking we'd. I'm like, do you want to what? Like, do drugs and stay up all night and watch yeah! every Steven Spielberg movie ever made? Oh, that's too many. We gotta yeah. pick someone with less. Yeah, films. Maybe Spielberg is like, like the whole, like the holy grail <laughs> of of directors, and we just can't do it until we're ready. Uh, Who should we do next? I don't know. Let's uh, do Spike Jones. Yeah, that could be cool. I mean, we don't have to watch all their movies, but yeah. we can watch a selection. Yeah. Between the two of us, if we've seen them all, that's fine. I think, I think, I've, I think seen, I've, seen, I've seen all of his movies. What has he made? He's made... Uh, or we could do uh, Shyamalan. That would be interesting. Oh, yeah. There's a couple movies there I don't want, <laughs> don't want to see. We'll figure this out later. I, I haven't seen... There's very few that I haven't seen. I think I haven't seen The Last Airbender. Yeah, I haven't seen The Last and, Airbender. Uh, well, we'll be doing this on Sci-Fi on Trial. The The poll is up right now, actually, for Sci-Fi on Trial. For a, uh, for a Shyamalan movie. Uh, right. It's it's between uh, Unbreakable, Signs. Oh, we're doing... Uh, okay, so that makes sense. Unbreakable, Signs, After Earth, and The Happening. Those are the four movies. So we'll we be like halfway a, there. Uh, yeah, I like Unbreakable. So do I. But I would love to do a Shyamalan podcast and just talk about all of them a little bit, you know? Sure. Or maybe like four or five or something. We'll figure it out. All right. Sounds good. good. The directors. The directors. With Ryan Casey. Well, that was oh, a, Ryan Casey. It was a, there was a DVD box set that I, I got that was... Uh, was it three movies? Yeah. Was it... Three DVDs. It was signs- Chris Cunningham. No, no, no. Oh. It, was, it was all the music videos. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I had, I had those. It was a Spike Jones one. Yeah. It was a... Uh, Michelle Gondry and... Uh, Chris Cunningham. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I had those for a while. The directors. It was all their music videos. Yeah, it was super cool. I love Spike Jones music videos, like the Around the World Daft Punk videos. So fucking cool. Yeah, that's one of my favorite music videos ever. Sabotage, still number one. Oh right, music video all time. Really, over Thriller. I think so. I think it on on, on some list. Okay, I was gonna like on your list or on some countdown. No, it was some TV countdown. Yeah. It was some MTV or VH1 countdown. I feel like putting any so music video above Thriller is wrong. Like, Thriller's so good. John Landis bringing it back. The Thriller music video, man. That was like a you know huge Steven part Spielberg, of my childhood. Uh, Steven Spielberg um, stopped talking to John Landis after those people died making Twilight Zone, the movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was Why? a real fucked up situation. Wow. Because kids got killed. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, it sounds. I don't know. know I, that, I don't know what this. Did situation you know that was. the making of Jaws was so uh, kind of traumatic for Steven Spielberg um, that afterwards the boat was uh, sitting in the lot, the studio lot, and sometimes he would go and kind of just sit in the boat for like hours. Wow. To process. Wow. <laughs> Making jokes. I did not know that. So many things went wrong. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty good. I haven't seen that movie in a while. Dude, that is a great movie. Jaws. Jaws. So good. Yeah. Like, how do you write a theme song that's just duh dun? Is that John Williams, right? Is it duh dun? It's like the whole song. Dun 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 dun. That's the entire you know that, song. Uh, John Williams has never fucking brilliant. Watched a 
finished Star Wars movie. I, I heard that the other day. Yeah, it was yeah, all, John all Williams. The it's interesting. I have a lot of thoughts about John Williams because, like, I thought that uh, the prequel scores were like super different than the original trilogy scores in a way that fit the prequels. Yeah. really well. Yeah. Um, like I always thought those were really good scores, but da, then in the in the da, Force da, Awakens. I feel like the Force Awakens score sounded like a prequel score and not like an original trilogy score, which sounded, weirded me out. Yeah. Which I'm like, why Why does this... Like, I, I love the score. The music was great. It but, was okay. Yeah, but it was it was kind of okay. Like, it wasn't... Maybe it wasn't great. Maybe it, it was just good. It wasn't memorable. Yeah. And then the Rogue One score? Killer. Fucking killer. It was so great. And I don't think I really good. realized I, yeah, that I, I was disappointed. I, I, I didn't know I was disappointed with the Force Awakens score until I watched Rogue One. And I was like, oh shit, that's what I wanted. Uh, like when, they, when they're when they on Jeddah and you have those like crazy like, bow, those weird noises. I got to see it again. So I, went, cool. I went and I sat front row. Oh no. Center by myself. Wow. So that no one would sit near me and I could eat my cheeseburgers. <laughs> so I got McDonald's cheeseburgers. Yeah. And then I got there. I could have sat farther back, but my there was open seats. But I was like, no one will sit next to me if I sit right in the front. Yeah. So now that it's been a few weeks, I got to go see it again. Yeah, I think. I've seen it twice. I fucking loved it. Loved it. Yeah, it was pretty dope. I've right. been playing this Force Arena game. Oh, what's that? It's on the phone. Cool. It's like a strategy, real time. I'll show you. I'm playing Mario Maker like a fiend. You ever played that? Mario, Mario, uh, Mario Run. No, Mario Maker. Mario runs the new app, I, phone app. Yeah, Dan's obsessed with that. I, I haven't... Well, I, I played it on his phone, but that was it. I'm, like, obsessed with Mario Maker. You, like, build your own Mario levels. So there's this huge catalog of levels built by players. And there's, like, incredible, complex levels that you have to find your way through that are like i'll play one level for an hour because it's this really complex puzzle that you can't get out of and there's no it's like amazing. time limit like a regular mario level you can just oh like, there is yeah like I'll, I'll die over and over like trying to figure out how to get out but oh. then there's checkpoints you can build into it and oh. i i built a sci-fi level where you have to like jump up onto a platform that looks like a rocket ship and then there's i put a ship in it like I, I made, tried to make things that looked like spaceships, and one of them I tried to make look a little like Serenity. Oh, cool! Um, then you have to like jump over that, but there's a hidden door inside of it that you can get in if you're if you're tricky. And then you go into a room where there's this giant like spaceship apparatus with Goombas bouncing back and forth off of trampolines. Um, and uh, oh, there's actually a star. There's a star bouncing bouncing back and forth off of trampolines in that one. Yeah, and I, they... I made another one with Goombas that does that. But this one's a star, and then you have to grab the star and like pick up a pow block and go through a door and place it down so you can get into another room that looks like another spaceship. It does and sound fun to me. Coins falling and it looks like you're in space. It's really cool. Uh, I'm very proud of it. No, that seems cool. It seems cool to. It would be cool to make a Mario level. Yeah. I never made. They always had level makers and stuff. I never really did. I made a Wolfenstein level once. What's the original Wolfenstein? What is Wolfenstein? That was like the the first uh, first person shooter. It was like oh. ID. It's like the people that made Doom. It was called Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. I like and that a lot. Shot German guys. I just played the the original Star Fox for the first time. Yeah, very exciting. I, I love Star Fox sixty four. I've like played that one a ton, but I'd never played the first one. On Super Nintendo, which is weird because yeah. I had a Super Nintendo and I was obsessed with space. There must be a new one for the yeah. Wii U. I downloaded I the uh, the sample. I played the demo. Yeah, I played the demo okay. of the new one. I liked it. It was cool. It was okay. It was cool. I haven't. I bought a Wii U just to play Mario Maker. I have not bought a single other game. I've like downloaded some old Mario games on the Virtual Console, but yeah. I haven't. Uh, I haven't. I thought about buying Mario 3D World because it looks pretty cool. 
Probably. But besides, I'm just playing Mario Maker with it. It's like an unlimited supply of lo- Mario levels. It's That's amazing. It's amazing. It's worth it for that. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, this has been The Directors with Ryan Casey. Yeah. And, and Jesse Mercury. And Jesse Mercury. We're yeah. going to talk about directors, directors but they're <laughs> going to have to be the sci-fi fantasy vein, yeah. or else Jesse will We can talk get about bored. it. As long as there's one... <laughs> <laughs> one sci-fi movie in the life. Maybe we just talk about three movies per director because this was perfect. There's, I yeah. think that there's pl- we can stay in science fiction. Yeah, and there's plenty of yeah, there's plenty to go through. Oh, dude, we could do like a Ridley Scott episode. Let's oh, this is a great idea. John Carpenter. John Carpenter. I, you know, I haven't seen the original thing. I, I I need to see that movie. Let's do John Carpenter. That's gonna fuck your day up. Cool. That movie's awesome. For a second, I thought you said day up, like one word. That's going to fuck your like, day up. D-A-Y-U-P, like day that's, up. Yeah, that's what uh, I said. Is it a body part? Yeah. Okay. It's, Where is uh, it? It's uh, next it's to the, your duodenum. It's between the nipples. Yeah. The day up. Did you day hear up. they just discovered a new organ in the body? What's it doing? It's like in the <laughs> stomach. They thought all these things that they thought were different... Uh, uh, like, I don't know, pieces of anatomy are actually one organ. They just oh, discovered this. They're so dumb. Bodies are weird. Doctors can't figure it out. Yeah. They're not even trying. No. Well, we got to stop. We'll keep talking for the end of time. We've, we've wrapped this up like three times. Let's stop. Okay. I'm taking off All right. the cans. All right. Goodbye. Ryan, thank you for joining you're, me. It was awesome. You're welcome. Thanks for being on my show. Thank you. <laughs> the directors. I know it's over. It's a terrible feeling. It was so fun, and now it's over. But there's more. If you want more, there's like 20 minutes more of this that I'm releasing for my premium podcast, uh, the Sci-Fi Project podcast, which you can find on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash sci-fi project. It's two bucks a month to gain access to all of my premium content for the podcast, including 20 minutes cut out from this conversation. We we talked about Stranger Things. If you listen to, to Sci-Fi on Trial, you know that Ryan Casey does not like Stranger Things, and I finally picked his brain as to why and i'm keeping that as a special extra special extra (laughs) for people who subscribe to the uh the sci-fi project podcast we also talked about like stunt doubling and like the moral implications of using cg versus stunt doubling for movies because it's safer but but then the stunt people don't get to to act their stunts and is that good or is that bad i don't know uh so yeah it's a super it's super great 20 minutes that is just for you subscribers and that's going to that's gonna wrap it up for this week. So if you are going to join us on Sunday at 2 p.m., I will see you there online. I can't wait. It's going to be super cool. Uh, you, well, well, you'll see me, and then I will see you write text words because I can't see your face. It's not, it's not one of those. It's not one of those chats. Those are the ones you go on in the middle of the night when, when no one's looking. Uh, it's one of the, one of the more uh, socially uh, acceptable types of live streams. And I hope you join us because it's going to be super fun. And I can't wait. And I'll see you then. Thanks. Bye.